Hello, Jenna. Hi, Ben. Welcome to another week. On the British Tea Party podcast. That's becoming a thing now and I quite like it. Yeah, I don't even mean to do it. It's just kind of like natural. It just happens. I you like know, it. It just comes Keep out. It. Okay, I will. Yeah. <laughs> who have we got this week, Jenna? This week we have someone who is just as lovely as he is talented, which is a lot. That's, that's pretty high pecking there. And his name is Mr. Samuel Grant. Sam is a well, re- well thought of, well renowned. Well regarded. Well is regarded. The word, I think that is the word for. I was looking for. I'm yeah. so sorry. That's um, okay. He is a well regarded um, friend, but also a fantastic cinematographer. Very talented. Um, which we'll find out what that is if you don't know. So don't worry. Yeah, don't worry, don't Mildred. Off yet. From Middlesbrough, you will find You'll out what's find going all on. this out. Um, Sam has worked on everything from Peaky Blinders to Sherlock to... Shameless. Shameless, the original. Happy Valley, my favourite. Happy Valley. I mean, he's worked with the best. He is the best. He is the best. If he was a Power Ranger, he'd be green. He'd be green. Oh, green. Versatile, I'd say that. And he has the same last name as Hugh Grant, so like, uh, what's getting better at this point, you know? So sit back, get ready for a moustache and glasses... A cup of tea, guys. Settle down, get a snack. Because it's Sam Grant. This episode of the British Tea Party podcast is brought to you by our friends at British Corner Shop. Use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today. I wonder who that could be. Hi, Sam. Hello. Thanks for you? doing this. I'm very good, thank you. How are you guys doing? Yeah, good. Good. good, 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 good. Really happy good. to have you on our podcast. Good, I'm happy to be here. So, um, I want to take it back, because back to a time when you weren't in this country. Mm-hmm. Should we just, maybe we just say, like, what made you want to get into this industry? How, when did you know? What age? Yeah, sure. Um, so now, uh, my name is Samuel Grant. I'm a cinematographer slash Steadicam operator. I work in television and film. Pause. For Mildred in Middlesbrough, who doesn't work in the industry, what's a Steadicam operator, Sam? Oh, a Steadicam operator. So Steadicam operator is the guy who looks a little bit like Robocop. Um, he has <laughs> yeah, a, a big vest that's made out of metal and a big uh, robotic arm that... Uh, attaches the Steadicam sled to. So it's it's basically a tool that allows you to move the camera keeping a stable horizon um, following the action from A to B. Uh, you see it on live events, you see it in narrative, you see it on music videos a lot. Um, and yes, it's just a guy who normally runs around with a lot of weight on his back. Yeah, and, they look uh, really Carrying heavy. the production, literally. Carrying the production, and yeah. not literally. Stealing all their money. All How long money. can you go before you're like, I need to put it down? Oof, not, I mean, not that long, really. Um, some people, some people are really good. It's not an endurance race, Jen. No, but I'm just saying... <laughs> How um, long can you carry something really Because heavy? I always wonder, what if there's like a really long scene, but like, is there a limit? I guess everyone's different. I mean, it depends on the build and... Um, and yeah, it depends on the shot. I mean, you've got like movies like Birdman that were all oneers, but they, you know, they had little secret cuts in here and there, same as 1917. Um, but then, you know, there's people who do live events. They're the true heroes who do football matches and, you know, they could go on for 45 minutes wearing it. They would kneel down here and there and like save their energy a little bit. But those guys have it on for a long time. Yeah. You did that though, right? You did. You I did, did focus matches? pulling on that. Okay. I didn't do with the, um, okay. the steady cam on that, but it's definitely where I learned a lot. Yeah. Steady cam wise. Yeah. I feel like for Mildred, we should also have you explain what a cinematographer is just in case. Yeah, sorry, sorry you to might make not you really understand. Break, but it's kind of fun. Like okay, break sure, down no, what yeah. you're yeah. definition yeah. of it as well. So yeah, cinematographer um, or AKA director of photography 
is someone who works alongside the director and is more involved in the camera side, both camera and lighting. Um, so they're in control and management of that department or both departments, should I say. Um, so yeah, that's that's the sort of role of a cinematographer. So they're the, in, in the title of its name, the director of photography. So they could be heavily involved with the visuals where arguably the director is more performance-based. Now you do get different types of director that would be uh, more visual orientated, but then some put a lot of faith in the cinematographers. So yeah, basically the the visual director. Um, I like that. Even though some yeah, directors like would definitely uh, pull their nose up about that because they're the visual director. But but, yeah, the, but in the best in a best case scenario, that that is what the job is. Totally. So I yeah, I yeah, like that. Sure. I've not heard that. I like it. That's pretty cool. It's a good explanation of it. So but before you moved to America, because you've done a stint in a couple of places out here, mm-hmm. you were in the UK and you were working your way up in the in the industry did you always want to be a cinematographer did you know what it was why 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 do you do what you do and how did you fall into it Mm. so i i was a late bloomer to the television and film industry i out of school i was actually a mechanic i worked for mercedes i loved i had no idea uh, yeah did you know jenna's dad does that my dad does that he's a mercedes mechanic no way Yeah. yeah i did i worked for mercedes benz for four years um, straight out of secondary school, high school for the Americans. Um, yeah, straight out of that, did a college course, got an apprenticeship. Um, and then post that, I was playing, playing a lot of hockey at the same time, ice hockey and inline hockey. And, and inline, for anyone that doesn't know, is ro- rollerblades, right? Rollerblades, yeah, oh, inline skates. Cool. I didn't know which that. Which is basically kind of what sort of gave my introduction to America. Right. And that makes sense. The, um, to be honest, I think that that's where my passion came for photography because I was playing, I moved to to Tenerife. I played in the Spanish league professionally and all I did was play hockey. We trained five times a week and then we traveled to Spain. Um, so you, you, know, were, to, you were really good. Like, you're in oh, Spain. Yeah. Yeah. How went long to, were you in Spain Junior Olympics for? in did the US. Did you really? Yeah. That's, that's incredible. Yeah. And so was that your first taste of America that through was, hockey? did I go on a vacation before that? I can't remember. It was pretty much, because I went like three or four times playing hockey in the US. Um, different places every time? Different places, places yeah. yeah. All like from Philadelphia to Miami. Yeah, we, we checked to Detroit, Cincinnati. Yeah, a bunch of places. And then into California, which was more vacation than um, a lot of the tournaments. But um, yeah, so when, when I was living in Tenerife, we... I started just taking up photography. I had a lot of spare time and I find that like everything, as soon as you don't have a um, something like you're financially tied to something, you know, when we all say jobs and our nine to fives and our Monday to Fridays, when you don't have that, your mind can get lost. And that was when I turned to photography and I found a lot of fun in photography. Um, I was shooting like little skate videos and, you know, doing little hockey videos and taking pictures and just sort of documenting my time in Tenerife. This was before iPhone and stuff like that. So were you on like the true skate? Like, we had like GoPro. I had like oh, one okay, of the early cool. GoPros. Okay, like okay. one to three, I think. Like, I, I think so I you weren't on like, like the two. old DV running yeah, around like I being didn't. like, skate, yeah. Yeah, I wish I was. I was a little bit past that era, so not as I cool. I was videos. kind of like the geeky, the geeky techie one, I guess, like when it started to get to that era. How old um, were you at this point? Like 18? No, I, so I, that was, when I was in Tenerife, that was 20. I was 20 oh, okay. years old, yeah. Okay. Um, and yeah, that was, so yeah, I started, started getting into photography. And then um, when I moved back to the UK, it's a really long story, but I, so I probably wouldn't go into that, but I found out I had an auntie that I never had. 
Um, and she was a first assistant director on Emmerdale. Oh, this is chaos. so it's an auntie you never had. Well, I um, never knew I had. And I never knew I had. Crazy. Sorry, basically through my dad's my dad's side Got it. of the family. Um, and lo and behold, she's on one of the best soaps some, in the UK. Oh, yeah, I love Emmerdale. Which a lot of people. I used to know, do like sure. the. I used to go Hollyoaks, Emmerdale, Coronation Street, EastEnders, what, back to the second that's a, Coronation that's a Street. You do you that's do what every night? night? Well, it was like Monday. Well, so. Some of them would only be on like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It wouldn't happen on Friday. So like some of them had alternate days. You have a day um, off. But yeah, I was... I mean, have a, this was have when a I was day like, off. That this is when I was like 14. I was a heavy soap fan. Yeah, that's a lot. And for and for anyone who's listening in America, it's... Soaps are a big deal in the UK. Yeah. Yeah, they're like I think like they kind cults. of are here, but it's not... I don't think I it's the same. same. It's I think there's the I mean they still probably get a large audience, but it's certainly not a percentage audience like what the UK gets. Everyone like, sits down to watch a Because the UK yeah, so totally. like Coronation Street has been going since they're into like their seventieth year, maybe. I think they're hundred already. I'm probably over exaggerating, but no, I can I remember they were doing that fiftieth anniversaries. Ten probably ten years. Yeah, so, well, no, so actually, no, probably, probably, so it's probably around then, but we're probably yeah. gonna get a lot of hate mail for yeah, that's fine. Yeah, that's from fine. the from the devotees. You more than me, I haven't worked on them. Yeah, my auntie's gonna not be. Yeah, yeah she'll be like, What are you yeah. talking about? Oh, okay, so now. since December nineteen sixty it's been on. That's a long okay, time. There you go, sixty. Yep. Six, yeah, that's that's right. crazy, that's isn't it? So so you find out and then So yeah, I found out and I you know, it was something that when I was looking, when I first left secondary school, I really wanted to go into media. I really wanted to look at film. Okay. But there was a lot of um, news about 30,000 students go and study media and there's no jobs. And mm -hmm. I remember my parents being concerned about that and being like, you know, you need to earn money. Sadly, my parents just broke up around that time. And so the financial side was really important because I ended up helping, you know, I moved into my mum's place and started paying rent. And, you know, the, right. those things kind of made it a bit more practical for my choice of what I, what I did. Um, and I don't regret that, by the way, because I think it sets up your foundation. To Absolutely. You yeah, definitely. And then, yeah, so, um, sorry, I've lost my trail of thought there. Where oh, you, were you, you met your so auntie, you, you worked on yeah, it. So, so I met my auntie, and um, yeah, I was telling her about that, how I wanted to get into film, and how there was just like no jobs, and blah, blah, blah. And she was like, well, it's not too late. You know, I, I got back, I was 21 years old at that point, and she's like, you know, just come down, try work experience. That's I so started cool. as a runner. Um, and then, yeah, worked my way into the AD department, assistant directing yep. for uh, Mildred. And and they, they're the people that keep you on schedule, that deal exactly. basically yeah, orchestrate your day. Times. Totally. It's the best way to And And, them. you know, in the US, it's a, it's a they call it a PA, don't they? A personal yeah. assistant yeah. Um, is, the, is the kind of Production similar assistant. runner level. Yeah. And so you do everything from grabbing people's tea and coffee to handing out call sheets and all of that stuff. And yeah, so I started that and... Worked my way actually up through the AD department in a brief time because soap moves so quickly. Right. I mean, those people are so mm -hmm. talented at the craft. Um, and then I get it was still like, oh man, it's like camera is where I want to be. Like I'd watch the camera and be like, that's where I want to be. And then I kind of ended up stepping down to go back into the camera department on a work experience level at Emmerdale. Loved it. Um, but then it was, I can remember getting told by one of the grips that you want to get out and get onto dramas and, you know, oh, okay. well, there's more toys and more things to learn and play. Bigger because, budget. Yeah. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, I try not to, even though you're totally right, I try not to say it's about It's the not money, about that. But. But it's about the content and. Totally. And, and, and also in, is in England, BBC dramas are like the, like the, like even ITV dramas are I, the best of the best. And, right. and they are the equivalent to your, in my opinion, 
what you see on your Netflixes, HBO, your HBOs, yeah, then it's Absolutely not CBS, it's not ABC. No, it's, as it's much as those class. shows have a place, because they do, for me, BBC, ITV, those yeah, dramas... Yeah, it's on my bucket list to be involved in a... Well, they get BBC purchased drama. by the streamers, they're the best of the best. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They really I mean, are. The, the, and then they get called a Netflix originals, but we all <laughs> yeah. know that... Yeah, uh, we all know they made they it on BBC. Um, so yeah, that, that was the thing that yeah. I was advised to sort of get out and um, experience some of the dramas and more toys and... Um, yeah, then uh, my first, I did a few dailies on shows, but the first long-running one that I worked on was Shameless. Wow, Shameless okay. That's so cool. My dad yeah. loves that show. Yeah, it's great. Shot on tape. It was, was it really? Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. So were you involved in dealing with the... Cause, cause, so you're going in as a camera trainee at this point, Correct. right? Correct, yeah. yeah. So so camera trainee, for anyone that doesn't know, is, is, is kind of your production assistant, but in the camera department. So you're assisting the camera department and helping them out on their day-to-day, right? Right, right, yeah. My... Um, like on a day to day, if you broke it down, I used to, we were called normally in studio at 8am. I would have to get there at 7am, which is non-union in the US world, but it'd be unpaid, but you just have to be there for 7am. Yeah, it's like required. An unwritten rule kind of. Yeah, thing. exactly. Yep. You're not, they're like, why are you here? Yeah, yeah gentleman's <laughs> agreement, you know, sure. handshake kind yep. of thing. And uh, yeah, get in there and you'd set up all the monitors for the day, um, which that, that setup was crazy. They had like nine monitors. The script supervisor had two. Oh, nice. uh, the gaffer had two the director had two the, each focus brother has one dp has an additional two it was just like a, a whole setup so you'd set up all those which back then they were all hardwired by the way not wireless wow and, but yeah, i know i'm getting too techy on this for the people who don't care about the industry but anyway it was a lot of work and all that whilst the coffee was brewing so when the dp arrives it's got a lovely fresh cup of oh, coffee busy. at 8 a.m. So it was like... But every everyone can relate to that, regardless of what industry they're in. The, totally. When you start, yeah, you going to get coffee. coffee. That is it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It kind of keeps us fueled. Um, yeah, so that was that was kind of the start. And then it would be just a case of moving monitors and changing lenses, batteries. And that's the kind of day-to-day as a camera trainee um, and utility equipment. So how long were you US. on Shameless? Uh, Shameless, it was... Probably just over a year. They they ended up doing like um, they did two series. I think every six months, and I think I was there for maybe three or four. They were quite quick turnarounds. Right. That was yeah. a U. Sorry, this is you're gonna. Ju- I feel like you're gonna judge me, but that was a UK show first. Correct. And it then was, it was yeah. a US. Show. Well, I think all the Americans always comment. don't know that, and I always get like, oh wait, I they've got that in the UK. I was like, it did start. It started. I was like, did it start here? Well, start no, but I, I've had that conversation a lot about House of Cards. Right, House same, of Cards was the UK same, show. Same as The Office. It was you know, it? I didn't shows. know that. Yeah. House of Cards started in the UK. Who's in it? Well, now you're going to make me look like a dick. <laughs> you don't yeah. know. <laughs> no, I don't know. That was my I one can't. fact and my now you made me look like know. a dick. My mum would know and well, she, let's she call would be her mocking in. me as well. <laughs> that, my, my parents would be like, it's blah, blah, blah. And, and like, it's yeah. supposed yeah. to be like far superior as well. But anyway. Because did they not do loads of seasons of the American one here? Yeah, but the, the UK had loads. Like the ones oh, okay, on the UK was okay. like te- it got up to X. I remember it was called Shameless X, oh and it goodness. was so series ten. Yeah, and so which for like, the UK is unheard of. Right, absolutely unheard right. of. Yeah, right. so that's pretty. Even cool. the office, yeah. so unless too. unless you're a soap, so it's kind of because yeah, it was it was interesting because it kind of I saw it as like an interim, and it still was from like a budget standpoint. It's a great and a lot bridge. of the people was mm-hmm. who worked on it. It was kind of like it wasn't the big. It wasn't Sherlock. It was right. you know, there was the there was there was soap, and then there was Shameless, and it, there was actually show. a really beautiful thing to that because a lot of the crew, like the cast, were awesome. A lot of them kind of that was the one James thing McAvoy. they'd ever done. You know, they were like um, they was. Well, I remember Did McAvoy them, start there? I don't know if he started there, but he was in it. That's he how was. he met his first wife, James McAvoy. Oh yeah, James McAvoy. And yeah, I on, adore on that one. man. 
you know, I Did heard you meet that, him? No, I didn't because he was in the first series, maybe second series, and he left. You told me this. And like, I told <laughs> no, you, yeah. 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 So yeah. No, no, but no one else has heard it. No one else has heard <laughs> it. Yeah, yeah. I think the last series is 10 or 11, and I, I worked on the last series of Shameless, basically. And it was really sad. It came to an end, like no one expected it. All the cast, you know, would, that was their income and livelihood for a long time. And when it was like, yep, this is going to be the last one, they kind of wanted to go out in a bang. And they were like, God, we're going to bring back loads of the old cast. We're going to, you know, and there's rumors like James McAvoy's coming back, James McAvoy's coming back. <laughs> and then we got told that um, supposedly they're like, yeah, he's not coming back, guys. <laughs> but I think they like wrote him in. And then yeah. they, um, they were trying to, this, I don't know if it's entirely true, but this is what the, the rumor that's going around set was that they called his agent and they were like, oh yeah, we're doing, and they were like, Who, who's this? Who's this? And they were like, oh, we're, 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 sh we're shameless in the UK. And you know, it's what James McAvoy started on and we want to get him back for the last, last episode. He was episode, doing big things year. at this point. Big, big boy. Yeah, X-Men. I think it was near when he did Split. Wanted. I think it was around that time, okay. which was the, was that Angelina Jolie? Massive, yeah, it was. That was a big one. Blockbusters. Atonement was, was around that time. Atonement, yeah, was probably that around then That is a brilliant well. film. And um, yeah, so anyway, this agent was just, I like, had no idea what the even show was. And then when they were <laughs> asking about it, they asked what money they've got. And she was like, yeah, James McAvoy doesn't come out for anything less than a million dollars. Oh my God. Well, and that was obviously just going to be a me bit Me either, park. but like, you know, That's here but, we are. But that being said though, all of the cast were like, if you actually told the, like if we were say, able to speak, to him, he would have done it. I no totally agree. Like, there's no way that he would have even known I about totally it. And I think you agree. told me that, that they he found out or something and it was too late. And exactly. at that point he was I, like, I, I, I would have yeah, yeah, come and done that, guys. He would have 100% totally done that. He's totally great. He's heard nothing but good things about the I mean, you've had the good fortune of at least having a conversation with him and you said he was delightful. He was so sweet. Yeah. Like way nicer than I expect, even expected. Just, we're just a lovely, normal guy. Because totally. that's yeah. all anyone is. Totally. I saw him at um, National Theatre doing Serrano de Bergerac. Oh, wow. And he was phenomenal. And then I met him at the station door and he was really sweet. He Aww. called me love. Very heavy accent. More heavier than mm, I thought it was. But. Mm, mm, mm. Hi, guys. Are you a British expat missing the taste of home? Or perhaps you're just a lover of all things British? If so, then you need to check out British Corner Shop. British Corner Shop is your one-stop shop for all your favorite British treats, from Jaffa Cakes, my favorite, to Walker's Crisps, and even Heinz Baked Beans. They have it all. And the best part? They deliver straight to your doorstep, no matter where in the world you are. But here's the cherry on top. British Corner Shop has an exclusive partnership with none other than Marks & Spencer, one of the UK's most iconic brands, and you can now indulge in the finest offerings from M&S without leaving your home. Whether it's a comforting cup of tea that you crave or some delicious buttery shortbread, British Corner Shop has got you covered. Plus, they offer fast and reliable shipping so you don't have to wait long to get your hands on your favourite British goodies. So, do you fancy getting a box of British happiness delivered to your door? Not me or Ben included. Then use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today. So, what are you waiting for? Head to britishcornershop.co.uk now and satisfy your cravings for all things British. More heavier than I thought it was, but so <laughs> shameless comes to an end. Yeah, where do you go? And do next? we keep? Do we move up at that point? Do we keep moving? Well, I actually, where, I actually moved up after the first. It was I think it was like a week and a half, maybe two weeks that I went from being a camera trainee to the B camera second. Oh wow! Oh, that's um, it was like really quick. Yeah, I think they tried to do it where it was like a, a one loader, two camera kind of setup, and it was just too much, and so they kind of bumped me up quite quickly. Um, which was great. It was a really good uh, learning ground, very educational, um, tough job. You know, it was uh, yeah. 
very physical, shooting on like massive Sony 900 cameras and huge Optimo zoom lenses. I can remember when we when we were doing it, it was like these lenses, we all of us provided by Panavision, and they're like these lenses cool. are off Star Wars. It was there a big thing. So we were finding it hilarious cool. that they were came from Star Wars onto Shameless. Um, but yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, so I got bumped up actually during that show, and then I was um, you know seconding for the majority of time after that point. That's cool. Yeah. Then yeah. where where do we go next? Um, oh, what was it after that? There I saw an, that you there's did... a number of dramas that I kind of like bounced between, like on dailies and things like you that. You did my favorite show ever. Which one? Happy Valley. Happy Valley was really close to that. Actually, I can remember um, the focus puller Tom Williams, who I worked with on Shameless. He was actually the guy who got me onto Shameless. Okay, um, I That's... met him on one show. I did a daily, and then he put me forward for the show. Um, so I've, yeah, I have him to thank for a lot of lot of my work and my career. Um, but yeah, he did Happy Valley. Happy Valley is a great show. It's BAFTA an winner, incredible show. Yeah, and they've just done. Did you the, see the new series? I haven't oh, watched it. Oh my goodness! I didn't think they could get better. They got better. Oh wow! I don't know wow. how they did That's it. Cool. But... but you, but you jumped around. Arguably, for me, the three biggest shows in ever. the UK, and, and two of them for me, two of the biggest shows the UK's ever put out, which is Sherlock and uh, Peaky Blinders. Yeah. And so how, sorry to jump around, but like how, how far in there? was that to your career in the UK? Where were you position wise? Or did they come, are they, they're not really similar, are they? Because Sherlock's much earlier, I'm assuming. Right. And then it, well, it's interesting. So basically I actually first heard of Peaky's when I was on, on um, Shameless. I ended up getting a call from a focus puller called Claire that I can't remember her surname. It was really bad. But she hit me up and she was like, hey, I'm doing a show called Peaky Blinders. Do you want to come and be a, a camera trainee? And already my ego had started. I'm like, well, actually, I'm a, I'm a second AC now. So uh, <laughs> I don't do that. And um, I kind of like, and it, she was like, oh, it's got Sam. I, I remember hearing it had Sam Neill in it, but I didn't know anything else about it. And I think early it, early on, the woman who was supposed to be Grace was the woman who's in Devil's Wears Prada, uh, Catwoman in... Uh, oh, Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Anne Hathaway. Really? Anne Hathaway is originally supposed to be Grace. Yeah. No. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Wow. No way. And um, I thought you were going to say Emily Blunt for a minute, and I was like, "What?" No, it's Anne that's Hathaway. so in, such an interesting yeah, choice. Yeah, it could have been really cool though. Could, could have been, been interesting, cool. yeah. Um. Anyway, so that happened, and it kind of it. Although, like, I was hesitant. They ended up because of my hesitation, they'd got someone else, and so I made an error there. And then I ended up watching the first series, and I was like blown away by it. Yeah, it was phenomenal. And then I was like, "Oh man, I messed up there." You know, like sometimes you kind of have to like check yourself and check your ego. Um, on that front and work out what's best um, and not just look at the financial reward. Yeah. And so I kind of like learned that as a very valuable lesson. And then I was like, oh man, if it comes around again, I've got to do that series. And then... Well, it's very cutthroat though. It, it, like totally. if you don't snap it up, I, I mean, I swear to God... If I mean, we're all disposable, aren't we? We, we are, I but I, I think that industry more than most that if you're, if you're not sat by your phone when that phone call comes in, you best believe within 30 It'll minutes that job's else, gone. Yeah. I mean, that was literally what it was. Like, it wasn't like they were taught, like they said, do you want it? And I was like, no, I don't know. And then I was kind of like, like okay. and then it'd gone by the afternoon. There's, like, there's no thinking. Like you either yeah, go yeah. or you don't. I yeah. do like that in England, particularly in the camera department, you work your way up. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very like hierarchy driven, which is, po there's pros too, but there's also like, it can be quite a detriment because it's, if you look at the age in comparison from the UK to the US, there's a lot of younger talent coming through the US. Like yeah. they're encouraged very early on. And yeah, that's true. Whereas the UK, it's like you're a PA for, sorry, a, a trainee for four years. And then it's like a second for 10 years, if not more. 
and then focus puller for 10, then yeah. operator for 20, then yeah. you become DP. Like most DPs are in the 50s. Yeah. Right. Um, and so like, whereas you get out here and there's DPs coming out at Literally 26 years old. So it's like, yeah. Um, and who's to say what's right or wrong? Like, because I think there's a lot to Both be Both methods of, work. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Both methods have um, method definitely. to the madness. Yeah, so maybe it's somewhere in the, the Bermuda Triangle. There's a way. I like the, right middle. In the middle. Somewhere in the know? middle. I think that always works. Yeah, totally. So you ended up on Peaky, right? Like, so yeah, so, so the second happen. series, I, um, we ended up actually get. There's a couple of dramas beforehand, and then Tom went on to Happy Valley, and um, one of the A second on Happy ended up jumping onto Peaky's. So then I took over him. I went on to Happy Valley, okay. finished off that show, yep. then jumped onto Peaky's on B camera. So then I went on to the second series of Peaky Blinders. Right. It's the B camera second AC. So you met James Norton too? I met James Norton was too. Was he nice? He was a really nice guy. Oh. He came out on like the rap party and he was such a dude. Oh, he was so cool. Just you I know, going out in so Manchester bad. and like, yeah. My parents just saw his He's play awesome. in, in London. That is, that is taking, it it's again? kind of taking London by storm at the moment. Yeah. It's called Little Things. And they, they just did a major run and now they've just moved to the Savoy for another run. He's and apparently oh, wow. it's, it's just... He's talks to be the next Bond, no? I, I oh mean, it's gosh, a great shout because he did a show that. called McMafia um, a while back. I, I think again, a BBC show that, mm. that transferred out to the States. Um, and, and you can see it. it's an audition in the same way that D Daniel Craig's was but there's so many good good ones I mean I could do a whole episode on who's going to be bombed yeah, yeah we genuinely um, could do a whole episode but, yeah, I mean yeah you've, you've, you messed around with some heavy hitters you um, did. Yeah, some, 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 some big, we haven't even got on to Killian yet James oh, Norton is cool Killian Oppenheimer the man the man the myth he is the, the man legend. the myth the legend right he now really as well is. this is so a very current right topic so hot yeah, right now yeah. yeah I mean honestly like he's genuinely I know everyone always says that Cast, like loads of cast all, all really nice but he is a, just such a beautiful man like such a legend such a nice guy can I ask always you looking, nice after, looking out for the crew can know? I ask you to share the story about um, the I, th I think party. it was one Christmas yeah you weren't yeah. going to do anything one of them I probably can't share no that's on fine but one, one I can share yeah one of them we were we were filming and I can't remember which series it must oh series three it's series three Laurie Rose was the DP um, and were you still B cam second right now? Or where were you? Second, I was, yes, I was B second on that. Okay, B cam a second so on that. Just one. again for Mildred, sorry to keep track. Second, you have A cam and B cam. Correct. Yeah. So it's like there's the the A cam is normally done. It depends, but normally like the in the UK, the DOP would take the operating of that camera and have a, a a B camera operator, second operator, which tends to be a steady cam operator. Something we discussed earlier, and. Um, yeah, so I had the B camera second AC. So you'd have the hierarchy, the ladder would be the camera operator, then the camera focus puller, and then the camera loader, which can also be known as the second AC, and then a camera trainee underneath that. So it's kind of like four people on, on one camera mm -hmm. is the, the, the kind of the team that you work to. We're working up right now. And so we're, we're working our way. We're enjoying yeah, we're second AC on yeah. me right now. I, I loved second AC, and man, yeah. like it was a lot of fun. And it's a, well, you're a damn good one. I've seen oh, you. I've seen you work Thank your way you. around a camera. You. It was something where <laughs> once you get competent and confident at the role, you you are in a great position to take a step back and look around and yeah. learn a lot. Look, you know, look how lights being shaped and uh, look how shots are being composed, and then also having the management of of the equipment and team, you know, and looking out for people who are below you and, and above you. And yeah, it's a good middle ground. It's a good, great spot to be. Sorry, I can't, can't cross you though. I'm getting it's, boring. It's, it's end of series 
three yes, at this the point. Story, the story. Oh yes, of the man, three, the myth, series the three. Yes, right. So it was over Christmas, which is always a challenging time for TV shows and films because it's kind of like, how long do you stop for? When do we start back up? All of that. Everyone, everyone wants to get back to their family. Mm. And um, we were filmed right up until, I think it's like 22nd of December on Peakies, which is wild. And, you know, you've so got some like... So close to Christmas. So close to Christmas. And you've got big cast, you know, you know, some like Killian was living in Ireland and was shooting in Liverpool. He was here, there, everywhere. Every day that guy would be in. Every scene that guy would be in. And it was like, right, what are we doing for Christmas? And they were like, oh, we should have a little, you know, a little get together for drinks around Christmas just to send yeah. everyone off, send them home. And production like, oh, there's no way we can afford that. We can't we can't budget for that. Like we can't pay. It's so funny because it's such a big show. I mean, yeah, it's, yeah, it was, it was tight. I mean, that show is praised for working on like a shoelace budget. You know, if you look at budgets now, how they did it on peak is I'll never know. But anyway, um, yeah. So Killian was like, well, I can't have that. So Killian, uh, put up the bar and yeah, made it, made it happen and put the drinks on for all of us. So So the whole night was, dedicated uh, to killing and Kane, which is like very rare for cast as well. certainly of his profile to be he was one of i think only two actually came you said um, um uh what's yeah her name? Helen? helen oh man she was beautiful such a such a lovely woman was it just them two that came no helen i don't think helen ended like the week before christmas i think at that point so i don't think she was there in the that one, but she she came to all the other rap parties. She would always be there, bless her. Like when we're like really sitting lovely. at the bar and having a drink with her, she's so lovely. McCoy, lovely. And so, you, so was was season series three? Sorry, I call it season. That's I've been here that, so long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is series, and you're that right to say it. Series three, yeah. Um, was that your last one for them, or did no, you do I, more? I did um, two, three, and four. So then I did series four. After you did the one. best seasons. Yeah, you really I did. Like season five. So, but anyway, that's not for me to say. Which one did you say you like? I well, I think the out the ones that I were, I mean the the number one was the best for me, like because yeah, it just fair. set the tone like and like it was so amazing. And uh, the ones I worked on, I think series two was the closest to being like series one. Did you have um, the same DP the whole way through? No, different two. DP every time. I and was it different DP per favorite. episode, or, or did they do a season? Or? They did a series, so it's like because even that's rare sometimes now in TV. Totally. Totally, yeah. I mean, it's. I mean, they're so big now, aren't they? They yeah. use so much time per episode. They rotate through with usually with a director. Right. So right. That, that's rare, but that's cool that you got consistency, at least for a series. Yeah, I mean, there wasn't many people, apart from the makeup team, that, I mean, they are they are the show. Um, yeah. They're so incredible. Um, that is a lot so of work, talent. like they prosthetics, They kept effects. the same throughout. Wow. Um, Makes sense. And then it was me and Dan Gad um, was one of the focus pullers who I worked with, and he did series two, three, and four. Right. Um, yeah, I think which, it must have been uh, you I think it's literally just us that, uh, and then they changed pretty much the entire team from producers to directors to DPs. There was very, apart from series five and six, which had the same director, but I don't think the same DP. I stopped watching it after the first couple of episodes in season five, because it just didn't feel the same for some, something for me. Yeah. It just felt different. So I, I, I would, I would agree, but I would, um, be still a great show guys. Still a great still, show. Yeah. It still has a lot of fans and a lot of people love it, you know, I and mean, I think it got it. even bigger around that time. So they're doing something right. Yeah. But I, I do feel it lost its intimacy. And that's I think what that's I think it was. Because it, it started off, it went to America in the first right. part of season five. And that's when it felt a bit too big for me. It, it didn't feel like it was Yeah, it went from spherical to anamorphic. And there's a lot that changed. I think it focused on the aesthetic and, and the audience rather than its true story. But mm. I mean, yeah, it's still hugely successful. So well yeah, done to everyone definitely. involved. And so at that point, we're, I feel like we're getting close now. To America? To when you make the decision to move ish 
ish. Yeah, I think so. Where did that decision come from? Like what, what, what even put that into your head? Do you know what? I think it came like way earlier. Like when I started playing hockey, I can remember we, we actually, in 2008, we played at the Junior Olympics and we, it was, it was a true underdog story. Like we, <laughs> we played USA in the group stages and got spanked like 9-1 <laughs> or something like that. And we were like, oh, nice. man, this is, this isn't going to be for us guys. <laughs> and then somehow we're like, no, we can bring it back, you know, cue montage and it starts kicking in and we're all like drinking Gatorade and getting fired up. And we ended up doing pretty well. We got through, to, we ended up get almost not winning our group stage, but came like just scraped through. And then we had Czech Republic in the semi final. And it was like they were favored to win it. They had like NHL, literal NHL players signed. Oh, wow. These were kids. We were like under 18s at this time, Pee Wee Division, I think it's called. And um, yeah, like two of the players were literally going straight to NHL to play. Wow. Um, and yeah, we were like, oh man. There's no way. Like, I can remember the commentators were saying, well, we all know he's going to go through to the final. Looks like it's going to be a Czech Republic versus USA. <laughs> and um, so we're like, great. Anyway, it, it was one of those games back and forward, and we ended up tying it and going into overtime. And it was 4 4, and it was like sudden death goal, basically, in overtime. And yeah, we scored like literally off the face off. Um, Phil Hamer scored, I think wow. it was. And it was one of those just like all the kit and sticks and Aww. gloves fly in the air. And it was wild. It, there wasn't even that many fans, but like we pretend like, that there it was. Felt it like felt that like that was amazing. When I remember it in my head, it was Everyone going, wait at it. And then it like freeze frames. Proper Disney movie. As the captain's being thrown in the air. What's that Disney movie? That is it like the Ducks? Oh, Mighty Ducks. Yeah, It was literally that. It was literally that. Or The Miracle is another good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great movie. Another Disney movie. But anyway, yeah, so that happened. And then I can remember saying to to Finney like as we sat outside like waiting for we got uh, taken from our hotel to the rink in a school bus it's like the biggest things that could carry all the players it was mm. like, cool though it was like that classic cool. America yeah. was, like, this is so cool the yellow bus and um, I can remember like just saying like oh man we, we, we should have been born here like we should have been like everything felt aligned from the culture to everything like right. as we were there we felt like kids lost in the UK and then when we were there we just felt aligned you know and so I think that was my first sort of belief of like oh man like i need to get over to the u.s like there was sport that really um inspired me and yeah. then um yeah and then i kind of had that dream sort of just in the closet just waiting to come out again and um yeah my wife kimberly worked for a company that had a sister company in the u.s and it was suddenly like hey we could we could might be able to move out there you know with, with the company and then eventually that is what happened and so, so kim was the reason you what, moved Kim was the first reason that we moved. Wow. Yeah, her job took us out here. Yeah. yeah. Did she just approach the company and was like, "Hey, I'd like to move over." Yeah, US. I mean, kind of. Like Kim literally made it happen. She kind of manifested it and and sort of like put the offer there. And it didn't happen straight away. There was like one opportunity to move over to the US, and she didn't get it that time round. Mm. Um, but then it came around again, and then she did get it. And um, then, so does did her did that company? sort out her visa and your visa exactly yeah so kim she got what was called an e2 visa which oh, is a, okay. a work sponsored visa yep. for a company that is founded in founded and majority shared in the uk interesting but right. then you have you know sister companies in the us so it's like it has to be a 51 percent share in the uk and then they can sponsor you because it's still like a temporary visa like they, yeah. you know like it's but it's they're still saying that you will go home at some point exactly is it 
Okay. And then because you were married, were you married at that point? We were. We kind of like just, we just got married. It was, we were about to get married when the job opportunity thing came. And then it was like, then we got married. Then we were, then we were out there. Oh, so it was kind of perfect timing. It was literally perfect. Yeah. So then you were yeah. covered on like as a. As a spouse. Yeah. Spouse. A married spouse. So then with the E2, the beauty of the E2 visa is that your spouse can work. As oh my well. God. Fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's what we, that's what we came out with. They were like, yeah, you'll get it. And it will take like six weeks and you'll be able to work. And it took three months, which at this point, like okay. now, I'm like, it's now not, it doesn't sound very much, not, but at the that, time, that I'm bad, sure. But when you're checking the mailbox every yeah. day after I six need weeks a job. and in the classic useless fashion, have no information yeah. of when it's coming and need a job. Yeah. <laughs> um, Did it, it come at a good time for you in terms of what you were doing? Was it the right time? Do you know what? Move? I look back now and it was, it came at the best time because, um, you know, we were financially stable with Kim's work and it was actually a really good time because I went from working all the time, job mm. to job, job to job, job to job. And it was great and I learned a lot. But that was the first time I stopped and slowed down. And during that time period, I wrote. I wrote a bunch of short films. Um, I applied to AFI. and Because you were in Texas at this I was point. in Texas, So yeah. you moved to Texas for Kim's job? Moved to Texas oh, for Kim's oh, job. Oh, sorry. I was, had assumed this was Yeah, that was Los Angeles. LA. That was Texas. Okay. And then... Um, Yeehaw. Yeehaw. What, uh, where, whereabouts in Texas? Fort Worth. Fort, Fort Worth, Dallas. Yeah, great, great little That's town. That's a cool area. Oh, okay. um, yeah, so then, yeah, I applied to AFI and... Where did that come That come from? Did you just know about it? <laughs> I mean, weirdly, I always wanted to apply for AFI. Again, I think this falls back to wanting to do media and film at such a young age, you know, mm. wanting to do it, and I never did it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, now I've focused on the craft for over a decade. I want to be re-educated in the art and, you know become an artist ultimately yeah. and, and so it's a very that, different it's a great gateway into a different system as well because like you wouldn't know it know very, anyone moving over exactly, here it's exactly. a great network builder um, but for anyone that doesn't know AFI I was going to say for Mildred AFI is the number one film school in the country yeah. if not the world like the best yeah. of the best I, come out of AFI well they say it's yeah it's it's Renowned, it's won it on a number of times now. It's the best one in the US and arguably the US is the capital. Although there's yeah. other fil great films are made elsewhere, but it is certainly a huge media hub of the world. Definitely. So yeah, it's a very prestigious school and I'm very grateful to have been accepted. Yeah. American Film How Institute. How was that breakdown for Mildred. Um, for Mildred, yeah. <laughs> process is really good actually. The application is pretty strong, certainly from a cinematography standpoint. I don't know what the other disciplines are like because the beauty of AFI is that you focus on just your discipline so i went in did my master of fine arts in cinematography and cinematography only right. so i don't get lumbered with hey this is how you hold a boom bowl you know or something <laughs> like that I, was yep. like, I knew what i wanted to do at this point and so it really helped dial that in um but yeah the the, the, the process was a written application about yourself i think it's like three pages um one or two of the short films that you'd shot and what else was there? There's a number of six stills. You could submit six stills that you'd taken. And the best thing about the application process was what they call a 10 by 60, which is 10 shots in 60 seconds, no dialogue, to, to depict one word and one word of their choice. So everyone had the, the same word. Um, I believe mine was jealousy. And Ooh, that's so, a good one. Yeah, it's really good, actually, because you kind of start looking into it and breaking down the meaning of it and... I actually like learned more about that that because everyone mistakes jealousy for envious, mm -hmm. you know, like envious is more of an uh, emotional 
uh, sorry, the way around. Um, jealousy is like people are like, oh, I'm jealous of their car, but that's something physical, right? And so that's actually you're envious of their car, like a material you're envious of. And jealousy is more of an emotional thing. And so, yeah, and then taking that as a start point is a challenging word to make a film to. Um, but yes, yeah, yeah. so that's a really, really cool. is a really strong it's putting part. you in a box that way, but that's the point. Such you a want fun, to put you in a box. like creative yeah, yeah. thing to do. Totally, totally. It's a real like filmmaker tool, you know? Yeah. And um, it's great, really good fun. And some of the films that people made are amazing. So really good. you've applied, right? But at that time you're in, you're, you're in Dallas, you're, you're in Fort Worth. And so... And Kim's company is in Dallas. Mm-hmm. And you've taken that decision... Or Fort Worth, sorry. Yeah. You've taken that decision that you're going to apply and then you find out you get in... What does that mean for you and Kim? Was was it always that oh maybe I'll get in and we'll go or or did you had you thought about it? I mean, what did that mean for Kim as well? That alone sounds complicated. But the thing that was really complicated was the this was when the pandemic decided to kick in and COVID happened. It came out of nowhere. This this literally a couple of months just after I got accepted into AFI, COVID happened. So Kim's company collapsed. Um, We had to so which means we have to leave Texas because the visa no longer exists because the company can't sponsor her. So we, we both had to leave back to the UK and then had to apply for a student visa. Um, which is an F1 visa, if anyone doesn't correct, know. Correct, yes, is. it's the F1 visa, which then Kim can come as a F1 spouse, but she can't work. So there's like right. there's a number of like complications at that Because you point. can't work either. Even right. you're you're F1 yeah, exactly. so then yeah. how so, are so you no one's money? So no one's working, no money. And you're paying out money to go to a school. Probably one of the most expensive schools yeah. in America. I and live in probably one of the most oh expensive God, it's stressing states me in America. Out just thinking Absolutely. About it. No money, no job. COVID. So we've gone from financial I mean, stability. Really good for you for yeah. going for that. Financial stability to a starving artist overnight. Here yeah, we go. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was the best thing ever. It was amazing. <laughs> and you but wouldn't change it, right? I would no. not change it, no. It genuinely, was, um, it was an amazing time. It was really challenging. There was times when I was touch and go whether I would go. Um, and I can remember there was there was like a um, something going on with Trump and trying to kick all the international students out at yeah. that point as well. I remember it. I remember that, we were, yeah. the the, gates, we were going through the, the same thing. We, I just couldn't even get college. in if I wanted to at Yeah, one yeah, point. we went through the same thing. Yeah. It, was, it was chaos. Yeah. Because there was a time where they, they suspended... Even if you had a visa, so so let's say you have the visa, right? You've gone through that hard bit. You've got the visa. Even at that point, they were... They could revoke it. Not even that, but they were just suspending your entry. If you weren't in the country, you couldn't yeah. get in. And I if remember you were everyone in, being like, we have to stay in this country. If you were in, country. you couldn't leave yeah. because then you wouldn't get back in. Yeah, you had to stay. So yeah. COVID was a wild time. So Jenna, we're going to have to pause that one there. Gosh, that was so much information. You, you know what? What so happened good. is we're, we're talking too much. We're simply talking we too much. We get too much of a conversation with him. Every time we're with him, we could talk for about five hours because there's so much to talk about. But if we're talking too much, does that mean that we're excelling at podcasting? We're excelling. Isn't that the goal? We're excelling. Excelling. Yeah, I'd do you know what? I, do you know what? And talented in that. Do you know what we didn't talk about? What did we talk, not talk about then? We always talk about what we did in the week. So can we do it in reverse? Oh, can you we're tell doing me reverse. what? You, this is the end of it. Okay. At the end, what do we do? This week, uh, my parents are in town. Your parents are in town, which means They're that we've got a full house. We have a full house of five people. Five people, Hold full on. house, very busy, doing lots of touristy we're having things. Having a lot of fun. You know what? Highlight so far for me, Lake. Uh, Wasn't that so nice? Lake Hollywood, which is the Hollywood Reservoir just underneath the Hollywood sign. Yep. Lovely little hike. And you can go on a little walk and it's flat, which we love. And for all you Harry Styles fans out there, Beachwood Cafe. Oh my God, I enjoyed that We so went much. to the Beachwood Cafe I and it lived back. up. It lived up. It was, it was delicious. Great. I really enjoyed it. Gorgeous. Lovely. I loved it. So that was a good week. Yeah, we've had a really good week. Sam was week. a great episode. Sam was a great episode. So we're going to have to do him in another part. I, well, think we I got... don't think you want to do him. No. <laughs> I mean, what a way to end. <laughs> 
We're going to have to do Sam. We're going to have to do him in part two. Sam, get ready to get done. Because don't get done. Get get Tom. (laughs) Bye. This episode of the British Tea Party podcast is brought to you by our friends at British Corner Shop. Use our code TEAPARTY10 to get 10% off your order today.